Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Happy Today podcast with Lady Maga USA. That's me. I'm not really a lady. I just love to play the character of Lady Maga USA. And I greet you as ladies and gentlemen because there are, in fact, two genders. And we are going to address the nonsense and the obnoxious uh, celebration that we call Pride Month. Now, um, I'm going to get in trouble for a few of the things I'm going to say in this podcast. I've already gotten in trouble with my own family members who don't understand the realities of what this so-called Pride Month is all about. So let me just start with a little story from Pride in 2018 uh, here in Utah, in Salt Lake City. So I went to Pride, and it was when I... I had not yet come out as Lady Maga USA. I was just dressed up in drag and I took my um, my camera and a microphone and I interviewed people about uh, President Trump. You can find this video on YouTube. It's in my walk away video. So I interviewed people about President Trump and I said, what would you say if you had one minute with President Donald Trump? And I ended up getting interviews where people literally said they would kill him. I'm not joking. I said, no, you're joking, right? They said, no, if I could get away with it, I would kill him. So is pride based on love and happiness or is it based on a radical leftist agenda? That's the question. And I know the answer. And hopefully you know the answer as well. But we're going to talk about pride and really jump into this. Uh, Before we get started, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just look up Lady Maga USA. I'm no longer on Instagram. They did remove my account with 15,000 followers. But that's okay. I'm still uh, going strong and I will continue no matter what. So let me just continue this little story about pride in uh, Salt Lake City in 2018. So um, there is a lot of positive energy here and there at these celebrations. I like to see businesses come out and sell their products. And, you know, there's there's some uh, booths with animals and other fun things. So if Pride stuck to a more positive celebration. I wouldn't have such an issue with it. But this is why it's not just obnoxious, it's dangerous. So I'm walking along, doing my thing, just looking around in the sunshine, and I see a little girl in a princess dress. She's just kind of twirling around, hanging out at Pride, and seems to be having a good time. Well, while I am there with her, well, not with her, but while, while I'm standing there observing this little girl Um, kind of with her family a little bit by herself, I noticed people are walking by. And one couple that walked by this little girl was a, I'm guessing, a lesbian couple. I don't know if anyone identifies as lesbian anymore. Everybody's non-gender conforming, non-binary, queer, fluid, whatever they were. So one woman with a shaved head was walking along and she was wearing nothing but pants and pasties. Pasties meaning um, small black tape covering her nipples. And she was also wearing a collar. And the woman or man, I don't know how they identified, was leading this woman along with a leash. Now, uh, That's already problematic, especially around that little girl in her princess dress. But here is the um, terrorizing icing on the cake. The woman in the collar was covered in blood, 
I'm hoping it was fake blood and it represented menstrual blood. So one woman is leading another adult woman outside wearing nothing but pasties in a collar covered in blood. And they walked right past this little girl. And it's moments like that that I've seen at pride celebrations that not only break my heart, but they infuriate me. Because as a gay man, this is supposedly the community that is supposed to represent me. Well, I would jump off a bridge before I would ever allow myself to be represented by people like those adult women parading um, in inappropriate nudity covered in blood in public at a, at a pride celebration. So people will argue, don't let those people ruin an otherwise positive celebration. That's a direct quote from a family member of mine who says, you don't know what you're talking about. You are just handpicking the worst examples and stereotyping the whole thing um, based on that. Is everybody at Pride some sort of sicko? No. Is everybody at Pride evil? No. Are there a lot of happy smiles and people enjoying themselves? Sure. I've been, I participated professionally in Pride events in the past when I was just Rihanna Woods doing my thing as a drag queen. I was a, a Britney Spears impersonator and a uh, Rapunzel Disney princess impersonator for cosplay events and, and private events. And um, I was invited to be in the Pride Parade. I think it was 2017 with uh, Delta Airlines. And I marched with Delta Airlines and I was wearing my Rapunzel costume and um, handing out little Delta, you know, uh, trinkets and things like that. And it, it was fun. I mean, who doesn't love a parade? And I love to perform. And I, uh, I just sort of came, did the parade and left. And I didn't really explore pride because it was really hot outside. But what I'm saying is I was once one of these people who thought, Oh, you know, overall, it's really positive and you don't have to, you don't have to stereotype the whole celebration according to the uh, sexual displays that are there. But if, if, if somebody's going to bake you a cake and the whole cake is really pretty and there's lots of nice frosting, maybe some, you know, frosting roses on there, but there is a cat poo in the middle of the cake, um, are you going to focus on the beautiful frosting on the outside or are you going to focus on the reality that there is cat poo in the cake? And I say cat poo because my cat, Renda Neige Congelé, um, unfortunately has a really stinky litter box right now. And as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I got to clean that out. But anyway, you get my idea. The Pride Parade um, has no standards or regulations of decency. They market it to children. They claim that it is family-friendly, and it is anything but. And as far as I'm concerned, anyone who takes their small children to these pride parades is uh, irresponsible. So I'm arguing with family members who have gay family members, and I don't really count as um, gay, I guess, anymore in their eyes because I've taken the conservative route and I call out the LGBTQIA radicalism, but they, they simply just don't understand what pride is really about. So let me explain what pride is really about. Um, the, the sexualization of, of kids in public and the displays of 
sexual behaviors and um, outrageous costumes and all of that. That's only one aspect of it. What is the LGBTQIA++ agenda really about right now? Well, it's easy to answer if you just watch what they are doing. In New York, they forbade the cops from participating in the Pride Parade. Um, There are gay police people who would love to, you know, participate in the parade, but they were told explicitly that you are not welcome at our parade. They do not want a police force participating in their event. So does that have anything to do with LGBT acceptance? Does that have anything to do with uh, so-called pride? No, that has to do with an anti-cop agenda. That has to do with shutting down our police forces. That has to do with villainizing the police. So that's just one example of their radical political leftist agenda coming out under the uh, rainbow flag. So in the Pride Parade, you will also see people marching with signs that say queers for Palestine. Now, um, I get it. The war between Israel and Palestine is ugly. It's unfortunate. Innocent people do get hurt. It is it it is a terrible conflict, and I would love to see it end. But if so-called queers are going to take a side, it just kind of shocks me that they're taking the side of a country that would kill them and imprison them immediately if they wanted to express themselves as uh, gay, lesbian, transgender, whatever. And so that's just another example of the lunacy at these parades. Queers for Palestine. That really has nothing to do with being gay. Another example of the political agenda behind Pride. Let's also discuss the reality that uh, in, in the Middle East, there is no such thing as Pride. And the, <laughs> the laughable corporate pandering only extends to um, people in the United States to perpetuate the victim narrative. Here's an example from Outspoken on Twitter. Please visit getoutspoken.com immediately bookmark it. And if ever you need a refreshing and realistic perspective on any LGBT issue, this should be your one-stop shop for all of it. Many of the things I discuss uh, come from the Get Outspoken website. It's a wonderful source for information, and I am endlessly grateful to the wonderful people at Get Outspoken for exposing what's really going on. So in front of me, I have an image and it's an image of the the logos of Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Cisco, Lenovo, and Bethesda um, companies and their, their handles on their social media in the United States. Top to bottom, rainbow logo, rainbow logo, rainbow logo, rainbow logo, rainbow logo. Now to the right are their social media icons for their social media in the Middle East, Mercedes-Benz Middle East, BMW Middle East, Cisco Middle East, etc. Not one of those logos has the rainbow flag on it. So they're willing to pander to the LGBT people in the United States to make money and appear woke and appear as though they care about this community But if they really cared, they would try to uh, represent these people who are living in Middle Eastern countries being killed, castrated, put in prison, uh, tortured, beheaded, thrown off of buildings. But clearly, they don't say one word about 
the regions on this planet where gay people truly are under attack. Gay people truly are being killed. I mean, it's, it's atrocious. And it's only the conservative gay people, including myself, who call out this hypocrisy and actually care what's happening to these innocent LGBT people across the globe in Middle Eastern countries. I've written articles about it. I did a whole podcast about it. And to be honest, most people don't share that content, uh, like it or, 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 or share it because they're afraid to discuss uh, radical Islam and gays. It's, it's a taboo subject because we know what happens when you um, critique Islam. Recently in France, a teacher was beheaded. Charlie Hebdo drew the wrong sort of cartoon that radical Islamists found offensive, and he was killed. Ayan Hirsi Ali wrote her book, Infidel. Please purchase her book immediately. It's called Infidel by Ayan Hirsi Ali. She exposed the inner workings of female genital mutilation and the horrors that she went through. And because she spoke out, the co-author of her book was murdered, and she has to live with 24-hour security in order to stay alive. So these companies have no courage. They are pandering to the left. They are merely trying to make a buck and appear woke and go along with the popular agenda. They are not trying to prevent um, anything bad happening to LGBT people across the globe. They'll claim that, you know, words are violence. So misgendering someone is an act of violence and it hurts them and it traumatizes them and it leads them to suicide. So pronoun, uh, a misgendering someone is one of their top priorities, but LGBT people across the globe being killed and tortured is not one of their priorities. You know who did talk about that? I'll tell you who talked about it. President Donald Trump. He stood in front of the United Nations and he spoke out against the criminalization of homosexuality and the killing of these people across the globe. He looked into the eyes of these leaders at the United Nations and condemned what they do and said, we stand for freedom and we stand with LGBT people across the globe. So did Obama do that? No. Is Biden ever going to do that? No. Ilhan Omar from Somalia, where gay people are killed? No, they're never going to do it. Who did it? Donald Trump. That's why it is a complete and total myth that Donald Trump was a homophobe or a bigot of any kind. And you can read the entire article on getoutspoken.com where they debunk all of the myths about the alleged persecution against LGBT people by the Trump administration. Let's talk about what else you're going to see at a pride parade. Um, the rainbow is no longer a rainbow. It now has a black and a brown stripe and a triangular addition to represent the trans community. Now, first of all, the, the rainbow is supposed to represent everybody, right? I mean, it's, it's a neutral symbol of all colors coming together and everyone being represented. No, they had to actually change the flag and quite frankly, make it super ugly um, with all these additional designs that take away the idea of the rainbow, which is a nice symbol. It's, it's a pretty, it was, it's a pretty flag, you know, but now they've changed it. So people are going to be marching with flags that have a black and a brown stripe and a triangular, um, triangular trans symbol superimposed over the rainbow. So, you know, I want trans people to be treated with respect. I want, I want black and brown people to be treated with respect and equality, just like everybody else. But this flag is a message to white gay people. 
and regular uh, good old fashioned gays and lesbians within the movement. When I lived in when I lived in Boston, there was an individual who won. I think it was Mister Gay Pride or Gay Pride Mister some some pageant that they had for um, uh, men to win a ribbon, and it was a transgender man who won the prize. He was Mister I forget what it was. I knew this this guy. Personally, he's an adult transgender man. I had no idea he was transgender when I I met him. He had a beard and was very, you know, stocky Italian type guy. And you know what? Power to him. Live your life, buddy. You're a nice person. You have a good heart. Love you so much. Um, But he won the title and people wanted to revoke his title because he was white and because he could pass in society as a cisgender, white, privileged male. This really happened to this person. People said he doesn't deserve the pride because he does not represent people of color or the trans community anymore because he passes as a white, cisgender um, individual in, in day-to-day society. Can you believe that that happened to this guy? I mean, his his trans card was revoked because God forbid he appear as a white cisgender male. And for those of you who don't know what the ridiculous term cisgender is, it just means a person who identifies with their biological body. So a gay man who has no um, transgender alterations is cisgender. A, A person who's just living their life in their natural state they label us as cisgender. It's the most ridiculous concept ever. But anyway, this guy... This guy's experience, I he was heartbroken. He was so hurt. He had been through all of the transgender surgeries and hormones, and his journey was incredibly difficult. And so for him to have his title revoked in the name of wokeism and in the name of anti-white rhetoric was just absolutely outlandish and unacceptable. So is adding the the black and brown stripe to the flag and marching for Black Lives Matter, is any of this really pro- Inclusion, pro diversity, pro, uh, you know, getting along and, and uniting. No, it is primarily anti white. We know this. We know this. Black Lives Matter obviously does not care about um, their so called mission. The lady who was in charge of it took the money and bought a bunch of mansions and then she resigned. And where have all the millions of dollars for Black Lives Matter gone? Have they gone to inner city Chicago, inner city Detroit? You know, inner city Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, no, no. Baltimore, no. None of that money has gone to actually help black people in America who are who are struggling, and they are struggling. And it's only conservatives who point out the realities that they're living under in um, in Chicago under Lori Lightfoot's leadership in Chicago. Uh, there's there's gunfighting, there's killing, there's poverty and misery. And the only way to lift those people out of that poverty is to uh, stop with the identity politics and the victim narrative and call a spade a spade and help those people in a rational and American and capitalist way. So it's just heartbreaking to know that the pride parade flag represents um, the same ideology as Black Lives Matter, as well as Marxism, because the foundational principles of Black Lives Matter and the LGBT movement right now is Marxism and the destruction of the American uh, white Christian family. That's just a reality. That's what it is about. 
Now, I want inclusion. I want tolerance. I want love. I want respect. And I want freedom. As a gay man who loves the artistry of drag, I love to dress up. I love to have a good time. I love the theatrical challenge of, you know, creating a character and putting on the wig and, and the makeup. It's a really good time. I want my freedoms. But what I don't want is my freedoms to cancel out the freedoms of my fellow Americans. And online, um, in the argument with my family and with other people, they're constantly, constantly attacking the Mormon church here in Utah, attacking Christians who do believe that homosexuality is a sin. You know what? As long as these people are not trying to erase my secular freedoms as an American, they have the right to believe whatever they want. Whether or not someone believes homosexuality is a sin is none of my business, as long as they allow me to live my life freely as I choose. So do you get what I'm what I'm saying here? I don't want my freedoms to impose on anyone else. And the LGBTQIA plus Pride Month movement is is in fact trying to destroy other people's freedoms. They want it to be illegal for a psychiatrist to go against the idea of pushing transgender hormones on children. They want to make it illegal for a church um, at their microphone during their services to say that marriage is between a man and a woman and homosexuality is a sin. I don't necessarily agree with what they're saying, but I will defend their right to say it to my death. Because if we don't stand up for the speech of others, that we disagree with, we are putting our own free speech at risk. And I have a, um, to be honest, I have <laughs> an army of Mormon wonderful people who are my best friends. And we share a common goal of defending the Constitution and making America great again and getting people to identify as Americans together in spite of our differences. And it's been the most enlightening, beautiful, and spiritual journey I've ever taken working with these LDS people. I have one niece who is just incredibly supportive. She is one of those Mormons who definitely believes that uh, homosexuality is a sin and that uh, gay marriage is is wrong. I have mixed feelings about gay marriage. I take a libertarian stance on uh, marriage. I don't think the government should be involved in our private marriages, period. But anyway, she and I don't see eye to eye on everything, but she knows my heart. She loves me. She helps me with the log cabin Republican events and shows up. And uh, when I'm struggling, she shows up at my door with some food and, you know, I love you so much. And she and I have become incredibly close. Now, isn't that funny that a Christian Mormon very staunchly religious person could be so close with a gay drag queen and get along. And that is the message of uh, true conservatives, is we want to come together as patriots and celebrate our real pride. So um, let's talk a little bit more about um, the agenda being pushed on children by the LGBTQIA plus movement, as well as the pride movement. Now, we all know about Drag Queen Story Hour, and if you don't, Drag Queen Story Hour is where drag queens go into a public library, so people at the library, whether they're interested in Drag Queen Story Hour or not, are exposed to Drag Queen Story Hour. And I'll preface this by saying the act of a man wearing a costume and doing a presentation is not inherently um, evil. But what is evil is when a drag queen is dressed in a sexualized way, um, actually wearing devil horns 
um, in front of children performing strip shows and teaching these innocent children to twerk, teaching them to move that region of their body in a sexual way. It is, it is, it, it's horrifying to see these drag queens doing these things and then to know that people might associate me with those drag queens. And it's just, it, it, it brings a lot of embarrassment to me to know that that's what these people are doing. And I'm not exaggerating. They literally have done strip shows wearing costumes that tear away into a thong and they're sitting in front of the kids in a miniskirt with, uh, without undergarments. I believe those images that circulated, the drag queen was wearing tights underneath the miniskirt, but that doesn't matter. There were no shorts. There was nothing under that skirt and it appeared as though it was just flesh because they were wearing tights. And that horrifies me and makes me incredibly angry because let's say my my uh, sister goes to the library with her little kids and they just want to check out some books and have a nice quiet moment and they're exposed to that. They're exposed to a strip show. They're exposed to... Uh, you know, twerking. And of course, the stories they're reading, I mean, they're not reading Cinderella. They're not reading uh, Pinocchio or Snow White. They are reading very carefully selected propaganda stories about erasing gender and erasing um, the traditional family and addressing topics that little children do not need to consider. So it is a radical agenda. It is about brainwashing children and it is predatory. And that is what pride has become all about. Let's point out that we have an entire month dedicated to uh, people's, I, I guess, sexuality and identity. Now, do I think that gay people have fought some good fights uh, primarily gay men. They like to give credit to uh, so-called trans women of color in the 1960s, but no, it was gay men who led the movement, who advanced, uh, you know, the decriminalization of homosexuality. So maybe a day, maybe a day, like just to recognize um, LGBT people who have been courageous and stood up for basic, basic secular freedoms. And on that day, wouldn't it be wonderful to highlight businesses owned by LGBT people? Maybe highlight um, gay heroes like uh, Andy No or Scott Pressler or Brandon Strzok or Ariel Scarcella or Richard Grinnell. Like, uh, recognize these people for the things that they could really be proud of instead of just their sexuality. Because ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, I am not intrinsically proud of the fact that I am gay. It is what it is. I don't, I don't see why I should be proud of something that I did not choose. Just like I'm, I'm not proud to be white. I am white and I don't care. I'm not ashamed, but it, it's a neutral feeling. It's just the skin that I was born in. I'm not proud to be white. I'm not proud to have green eyes. I'm not proud to have blonde hair. I, I, it just is what it is. I didn't choose it. So why I'm not proud of the fact that I enjoy, you know, spaghetti or, uh, you know, watermelon or whatever I enjoy. That's just, it is what it is. And I don't choose those things. So I'm not proud of the fact that I'm gay. I acknowledge it. I can be proud of the fact that I came to terms with it. I can be proud of the fact that I wrestled with, um, you know, not accepting myself as gay. 
But what am I proud of? I'm proud of being an American. I'm proud of being a patriot. I'm proud of standing up for what I believe in, in the face of adversity and attacks, even from my own so-called Mormon conservative family members who are defending pride tooth and nail, and they, uh, they would never take their child to a pride celebration. So I really don't get it, but I forgive them because their opinions are based in complete and total ignorance about what's really behind this so-called pride month and the LGBT agenda. So like I said, there is an anti-white, anti-cisgender, anti-biological male uh, message within the LGBT community. Um, my friend Ariel Scarcella, she has pointed out over and over, and Ariel may disagree with me about pride. She's definitely a little bit more, uh, I don't know, colorful and <laughs> a little more open-minded, I guess, than I am in some ways. But she has pointed out over and over that she's being erased as a biological lesbian woman. And she is. The entire movement is about transgenderism and pushing transgenderism on children. And I've explained this in previous podcasts. The reason that has taken over the LGBT movement is because everybody knows that common sense gays and lesbians, we have our rights. We're doing just fine in America. Like we literally have nothing to complain about. So they have to perpetuate and create a new victim narrative. And the new victim narrative is uh, based on racism. They're just, they're just, uh, you know, piggybacking on the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and, of course, transgender people of color, transgender children, and that way they can keep their victim narrative alive and multi-million dollar movements like the Human Rights Campaign or GLAAD or PFLAG, they can maintain their cash flow and continue to get millions of dollars because they scare people into believing false victim narratives, and that's what it's all about. So, uh, to to my family members who are saying that pride is so wonderful, they are talking about pride because they have a biological white family member who happens to be gay. So they feel like pride represents them. Well, as I have just explained, uh, with the defamation of the flag and the elimination of the traditional rainbow and the anti-cop rhetoric and the uh, elimination of biological gay men and women within the movement actually is going against their family member. But they refuse to listen and they refuse to understand the realities uh, of which I'm speaking. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had an entire month dedicated to veterans? Wouldn't that be nice? Those are the true heroes. Those are the people who have real pride, real American pride. And when I talk about being proud, I talk about things I choose, being a patriot, being a hard worker, uh, you know, being a, a good brother or a good uncle or, uh, you know, an independent American who's willing to pay my own way and work hard for what, for what, I, for what I need. These veterans have something to be proud of above and beyond anything I have to be proud of. They are heroes. They get one day. Wouldn't it be nice if we gave them a whole month and all over the media, there was an American flag honoring these people who give, who give the freedoms to the rest of us, including the LGBT community. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had a month-long memorial month to honor those who were actually killed? They get one day as well. Maybe uh, a month of remembrance for those heroes would be absolutely incredible. How about a month 
to celebrate small businesses, like Small Business Month. They might have a Small Business Month, actually, but it's not publicized and it's not pushed down your throat the way the uh, LGBT Pride Month is. It'd be pretty awesome if we had an entire month dedicated to them and all of the social media handles on uh, on Twitter and with all the companies that support small business. But of course, they're not going to do that because they don't want to support small business. All of this corporate pandering is... Um, is to make money for the large corporations. They don't care about small business. Blair White, um, I suggest you follow her. She's a little racy. She, you know, she's a sexy, uh, sexy woman. She's actually a trans woman. Um, she opened her Pride Month uh, Twitter by saying, "Happy Corporate Pandering Month," and that is exactly, exactly exactly what uh, Pride Month has become. It is about corporate pandering. I want to talk a little bit more about the LGBTQIA plus movement as it pertains to children. One thing I've tried to explain to my family members who have small children is you will change your tune when your daughter is in high school and she's an athlete and she loses her scholarship because they allow biological men to compete in her sport. Do you understand why I feel so frustrated when people refuse to listen to what's really happening with Pride, what Pride Month is really all about, and they dismiss me as some sort of argumentative jerk? It's like, no, I'm literally defending the future of your kids, and it's so sad. And so uh, to celebrate Pride Month, uh, PBS aired Drag Queen Story Hour time for three-year-olds. Why do three-year-olds need to be watching that? And of course, the stories that they read and share are not traditional fairy tales. They are stories about drag queens going swish, swish, swish. They sang some little song. I guess like the hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish. Uh, well, first of all, um, children should not be swishing their hips and trying to be sexy. That's a very sexy movement to like swing your hips. And um, along those lines, it's just like, uh, what's the show called? Toddlers and Tiaras. John Benet Ramsey, nonsense. Dressing up these little girls like adults, putting in false teeth, putting on hair pieces, caking their face with makeup, and having them prance around in sexual ways like adults. It really is completely unacceptable. And the Drag Queen Story Hour and the story they're reading, teaching children to behave like a drag queen, are uh, obviously inappropriate. Now, like I said, if they were not pushing a radical agenda and they were hosting some sort of party... Um, outside of a public space, so the only people who would see their presentation would be uh, parents who chose to actually participate in their show. And if they were just doing a nice theatrical show on a stage, I don't think this would be such a big deal, but that is not what they are doing. They are deliberately trying to indoctrinate and brainwash kids. Now, in the past, as a drag queen, I really never enjoyed performing in the nightclubs. I enjoyed the actual performance, you know, the spotlight and the audience. It was great. But the environment of a nightclub was very toxic and very dangerous and very um, unappealing. And I enjoy that was basically the only avenue I had to perform and, you know, learn my choreographies and have a great time performing. So I would actually organize um, PG, G, mostly G-rated shows at the uh, Bountiful Community Church here in Utah. They're a leftist church, but they're nice people. And so no alcohol, no revealing costumes, no explicit language, 
no content that would be inappropriate for uh, families to come to. And they just invited the whole congregation and people came to the show. They enjoyed it. It was tasteful. It was theatrical. And it was basically the same as like, you know, Phantom of the Opera or um, any other Broadway show that does have costumes and performances. So what's the difference between that and Drag Queen Story Hour? Number one, our costumes were appropriate. Number two, people came to the show by choice. Number three, no explicit language, no stripping, and no teaching children to twerk. As I've said, I do not believe that the act of dressing up and being silly and theatrical is inherently evil, but just like Disney, just like Delta, just like uh, Nike, just like every other corporation, the, uh, the artistry of drag and the performance of drag has been completely taken over by the left. And they're disgusting and they're embarrassing to me. So not a big fan. <clears throat> Let's talk about Blue's Clues. They are targeting children with transgender and non-binary characters. And uh, of course, that's pushing an agenda on children. That's brainwashing children. Why should any child be questioning their gender? Why should any child be questioning their God-given body? I mean, it's just total lunacy. And they're pushing that and pushing that and pushing that. A lot of drag queen culture has has always been racy. I mean, usually it takes place in a nightclub and the jokes are off color and there is totally a time and a place for that. You know, the jokes are funny, the drag queens are performing. So drag traditionally has primarily been in nightclubs. And what these drag queens are doing is bringing nightclub culture to children on these shows and with Drag Queen Story Hour instead of theatrical presentations that could otherwise be uplifting. If you've seen the film Some Like It Hot or Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman or, uh, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, the, the theatricality of dressing up is not inherently evil. What is evil is deliberately trying to confuse children. Now, uh, when my mom died, um, I actually hosted a celebration at her home for anybody who wanted to come. And I, I, was, I dressed up as Elsa and I did a very uh, elaborate, um, immersive experience for everybody with, with lights and special effects to honor my mother. Because in the film Frozen 2, Elsa's song, Show Yourself, is actually a song to her mother. So it was a, it was a beautiful event and a beautiful performance. And how when I when I had some of my nieces and nephews there, how did I explain this? I said, "This is Halloween. This is this is a costume. I'm still Uncle Ryan. I'm I'm still a biological man, but this is just a costume. And we could dress up as Spider Man. We could dress up as you know a bear, or we could dress up as a a, a mermaid. Whatever. It's just a costume. And that's how you simply and quickly explain this without completely trying to confuse children. We're not, I'm not going to tell them that you are in the wrong body. You should dress up too. You should try to act like a girl. No, no. You just simply say, this is a costume. This is for fun. And once it's off, I am a biological man. 100%. It really is it really is that simple and you can explain things away like with my Mormon my Mormon niece who who works with me so extensively 
Um, her kids are aware that I dress up. They've seen pictures on my fridge and things like that. And they're like, is that you? And I said, yep, that's me. I just think it's so fun to dress up and wear a costume just like you do on Halloween. It's fun to wear a costume sometimes, isn't it? Yep. End of story. End of story. And I say, I'm not really a girl. I just like to dress up because it's fun. Literally, that is how you explain this in a very simple way. But the mainstream Pride Month agenda and the LGBTQIA movement, as I have said, is about pushing transgenderism on children, erasing the traditional family, erasing the binary genders, and denying biology. It's not about theatrics and fun. And that is very, very sad. So I've explained a little bit about what I do as a drag queen versus what they're doing in mainstream drag queen culture on the left. And um, I want, when someone sees me dress up in drag, I want them to smile. I want them to laugh. I want them to uh, use their imagination and, and, and be silly and just enjoy an uplifting, fun, positive experience. That is what I do when I am dressed up in drag. And um, if I'm going to be in a place where I'm around, uh, you know, Mormons or, or Christian people, or if, if I know there might be kids at a public event, I make sure that I am covered from neck to toe in a tasteful and dignified way. I'm not going to prance around and do uh, costumes that require a tuck or a thong or whatever that is. And tucking... Um, Sorry if this is TMI for people who don't know drag, but tucking is the act of putting duct tape um, around the groin area so that it appears flat like a woman. And to me, that's for me personally, that's just going too far. I don't think I don't think that I need to um, Im imitate the anatomy, uh, the uh, intimate anatomy of a woman in order to dress up in a costume. So if you're if you're in a costume like that, it's a completely different story. Than if you're in a beautiful dress like I wear when I'm when I'm at a public event, um, at the the last event, my costumes one was a huge poofy red dress. It was actually my sister's prom dress way back in the day, and I revamped it. Big poofy dress, and then a white dress that I got at a thrift store. It's a beautiful, very elegant, uh, kind of Pride and Prejudice style dress with very flowy sleeves, and it was very elegant and very tasteful. And then I finished off with the American uh, cheerleader costume for our, our grand finale number at our Freedom Fighter Awards. And uh, it was it was pretty awesome. And I was wearing, you know, two pairs of tights, shorts, and under the cheer outfit, I put an additional skirt under the cheer skirt to make sure that it was basically knee length and that it was that it was tasteful to to be at this event. Even though our event was ages 14 and up, I still would like to be tasteful. So I think you guys get the idea of what, why I would say that pride is obnoxious. And um, one of the other reasons that I dress up in drag is to show America, show conservatives, show leftists that no matter who you are, you have to love our country. You have to love our flag. You have to love our Constitution. You have to love our Second Amendment. Because without loving these things, we cannot preserve our basic freedoms, which includes my freedom to be a gay drag artist. That's what people don't understand. So by dressing up, it's a very loud and, for lack of a better word, proud way of saying you can love this country no matter who you are. And we have to come together. 
And I wanted to deliberately step away from the leftist narrative surrounding drag queens and the leftist mainstream drag queen culture, which is very vulgar. Um, all of you know that I grew up uh, Mormon. Well, maybe, hopefully there's new listeners right now, but you know, I grew up Mormon. I went on a Mormon mission to France for two years. I'm an Eagle Scout. And I refuse to let go of the wonderful and beautiful elements of my upbringing. I am who I am. I have the courage that I have because I was raised as a good Mormon boy. And I'm not going to throw away all of those values. So if I can avoid watching R-rated movies and violent programs, I do. Um, I try to avoid using foul language. You know, I fall short sometimes when I'm with my friends, but um, I, I try to strive to live up to um, the fundamental good ideals that I learned uh, growing up Mormon. And one of those is to be tasteful and to be modest and to not be vulgar and to not bring inappropriate sexuality into a public place or conversation or, for that matter, a costume. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that I make sense. Um, it's, it's very frustrating as being me, to be honest with you. You know, I was fired from Delta Airlines for my political stance for President Trump and the Second Amendment. And I've just lost countless friends, many of them leftists. And now within my own family, um, instead of Instead of saying, hey, Ryan, you know what? You know what you're talking about here. You were a gay Mormon. You've been to Pride celebrations. You are a drag queen. Maybe we should listen to you and actually give your point of view some credit. Instead, I'm just shot down as a jerk. And they say that Pride Month is necessary and it's wonderful. And I just think in my heart, God forgive them for they know not what they do. They are parents and they have kids who are going to grow up without biological realities being um, acknowledged for them. They're going to grow up and have sports where biological men take away uh, girls' scholarships. And it makes me very sad. But I have a, a giant patriot community and I am not alone in this fight. And uh, it's, I think it's just a fact that when you take a grand stand for truth, and when you take the risk of losing it all to stand up for what is right, it's just sort of a natural process that people close to you will be threatened by that and they will uh, try to tear you down or dismiss you because, but I don't know, I've just I've read a lot of articles about people who become successful or do something big and courageous and they say one of the first um consequences of doing so was losing a lot of people they were close to. Maybe it's because people interpret what I do as an ego trip or they interpret what I do as too radical and I dedicate too much time to it. But I'm a gay man. I don't have kids. I have the time and the energy to dedicate to fighting for America, to fighting for the traditional heterosexual family to fighting the LGBTQIA radicalism, to standing up against Black Lives Matter, to standing up against mask fascism and tyranny. So I feel called to do it. And I believe that's one of the reasons I'm gay. I'll, I'll conclude by telling you why I think there are gay people in the world. I don't think that gay people are an accident. I don't think that we are an aberration. I don't think that we are um, intrinsically bad or sinful. I believe that God the creator, the universe, whatever, put gay people on this earth for a reason. 
And the spiritual reason that I believe gay people exist is because we we don't obviously we don't produce. Okay, we don't we don't produce offspring. So what would our role be in this world? And I believe that my role has always been to be a mentor, to be a friend, especially to single women, because most gay men have very special sacred bonds with a lot of single women in their lives because not every woman is going to end up getting married and having kids. Um, We are called to take care of the elderly. Within my own family, as my mother was dying, I was one of her primary um, caregivers. She came to Utah to visit me and I had the time to push her around in her wheelchair and do her hair. And um, as she was passing, we had to uh, move her downstairs And I was the one who took her favorite things from her bedroom upstairs and turned the downstairs laundry room into the most beautiful, magical little um, area for her where she could do her hair and have her her treasures around her in a beautiful display. Who else is going to do that besides the gay son, honestly? And any mom out there knows that her gay son is a great gift in, in her life. Any sister out there knows that their gay brother or family member is very special in their lives. So I believe we have a spiritual calling and responsibility to use our voices, to use our creativity, and to use our nature and our hearts that is very different than a heterosexual man. We have an understanding of women and women's emotions, and we're able to create special bonds with people because usually we are the more soft-spoken or artistic type people in this world. Now, when I say soft-spoken, I don't necessarily mean me, but uh, you get what I'm saying. Gay men have um, tender hearts and we are special and we do have a special calling to be that voice in other people's lives. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with family members or women who have, who are struggling with their self-esteem and I've done their make makeup. I've made them feel beautiful. I've made them feel special. And even right now in my life, I have countless um, special friends who confide in me. And it's it's kind of funny because most most people, when they get to know me really well, they spill their guts to me. I know people's secrets that nobody else knows. And to me, that's an honor and a privilege that they feel safe confiding in me because I'm different. I'm gay. Am I making sense here? I hope I'm making sense. That's how I've come to peace with the fact that I'm gay and that my life is not a waste because I can use what makes me different to make the world a better place. And quite frankly, Lady Maga USA, if you've met Lady Maga USA in person, you know that uh, she is a character of light, of love, of laughter, of beauty and positivity and glamour and silliness not a character of sexuality or pushing any sort of agenda. And Lady Maga and drag for me is just an extension of who I am when it comes to creativity and light and joy and dreaming and all of those things. Because in my real life, I've been open about this. I struggle with depression and I've I've been through hell and back uh, with depression. So for me to have that extra special persona and character that I get to explore and embrace brings me a lot of joy. And it it also brings a lot of joy to those around me. So that's why I do what I do. And if you appreciate the fact that I have not given up my fight and that I do this weekly podcast, I do another 
podcast on Tuesdays for the Path Forward Utah, Path Forward America. I'm president of Log Cabin Republicans. I organize events. I organize activism. I stand up for bills in the Utah House of Representatives, House Bill 302 and 92 to protect women's sports and children from dangerous transgender procedures. And I use my voice every day to defend America, to defend common sense, to defend biological um biological Americans who have the right to identify with their bodies, especially children. So if you appreciate my activism and you appreciate the fact that I was fired from Delta Airlines for my beliefs, and by the way, that that situation is I'm keeping it confidential. Just know that I have not yet begun to fight and I will be fighting that. I was attacked by Antifa in San Francisco. So why am I giving you this list? It's in hopes that you'll go on my website and contribute to what I do. Because I'm rearranging my life, I'm in training for a new job, but I want to be able to to do that job and also dedicate as much time as possible to my activism, to my America First activism. And the only way I can do that is if I make it financially sustainable. So you can sign up for a monthly contribution on my website, or you can donate through the GoFundMe or or. Venmo or whatever is on there. And I just ask that you please consider supporting me. And a small monthly donation would be awesome because if a lot of people give a small amount, then I would be able to afford to work my new job um, maybe three to four days and then dedicate the other days to my activism and be able to afford to travel and testify. Right now, I'm looking to... um, travel to another state. I can't really give the details, but I will be testifying um, on behalf of uh, common sense gay people to prevent innocent children from being injected with dangerous hormones and castrated because I was one of those little kids that they could easily have manipulated into thinking I was in the wrong body. And I give thanks to God that I have my beautiful natural biological body and no one ever convinced me to to alter it. That being said, if you're an adult transgender person, love you so much. It's totally fine. As long as you're an adult, I believe in freedom. So God bless all of you. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope you take the time to count your blessings. And before you point out what's wrong with the world and what's wrong in your life, try to point out what's good. I've been listening to some, um, some inspirational books. And they say, if you can just get your thoughts to be proactive and positive 51% of the time, then it will naturally shift your entire brain into sort of naturally feeling the positive before you focus on the negative. And I'm guilty of focusing on the negative. So that's the challenge for this week. Please go out there and try and make 51% of your thoughts uh, positive and uplifting. To each of you who listens to this podcast, to each of you who follows me, to each of you who has sent me a message, to each of you who has donated, to each of you who has supported me, you mean the world to me. It is a great honor, and I pledge that I will not let you down. So please go forth and be happy today in our glorious United States of America. Don't lose hope. Love you so much. We'll talk in the next episode.